Hey, we don't have an intro, but that doesn't mean we're not here. <laughs> this is Best of Five Weekly FPC Talk Show. Tonight on the show, we're going to declare our everlasting love for Smash Brothers and declare the rest of the show to it from here on out. Yep. There's nothing else other than that. Um, yeah, this show is about Smash. Um, what's well, that new Fortnite game? Uh, I think it's called Fortnite. No, there's a new Apex, Fortnite. Uh, Apex. Heroes or uh, Legends Heroes, or some shit. Yep. Um, yep, so that's what it is. Uh, hope you're into that. Thank you, Grown Up Mike, for uh, something to the channel. No, just kidding. We will be talking a little bit about Smash because it broke, maybe not records, but certainly was an impressive showing uh, at Genesis 6. I know you have a lot to talk about that. CPT and its calendar and rule sets and everything has been revealed, and uh, Steve will have an encyclopedic breakdown of it. Uh, also, we had a combat cast in which they revealed Cabal. Devora was not revealed at the combat cast, but it was also revealed, and Kena was revealed at the Brazil event, and that's pretty exciting. We're talking about that. And then, if that's not enough, we're very excited because we have new father, friend of the show, Justin Wong, on the show tonight as our guest, and we'll be talking to him about what it's like being a new dad, talk to him about Chinese New Year, <laughs> and talk about Echo Fox. What's up with that? What's yeah. up with Echo Fox, man? I mean, it's hard to say. They've been dropping like flies. There's still a few left on the roster, but certainly not not the expansive FGC roster we saw, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, so we'll save that discussion for him. Right now, we're going to kick off the show by introducing our panel, joined as we always are by John Velociraptor Guerrero. What's up, guys? Have you, you survived the Mortal Kombat news reveals and onslaught yeah yeah just getting through it all really excited the most important bit of information i just posted just before the show went live that ultra instinct shaggy will not be in mortal kombat 11. so was that confirmed or was it just a tweet i didn't get to catch the cast no Tyler no. lansdowne yeah. looked at the the camera and said it's not happening dead meme and then they tweeted hashtag r.i.p shaggy and uh, like, okay. the internet loses like it's like this would be a funny joke and then they, they forget that it was a funny joke and they think it's a real thing. And <laughs> sometimes they just got to be regulated. We're also joined by somebody who just subbed to the channel. Ace King Offsuit <laughs> Jerk. He's back. And he's better. He's in fighting shape. Under no I... circumstances will he have to leave to grab water because his throat is scratchy. He is back at 100. Uh, uh, maybe 80, 85. You know, I, I, I got to come through for the show, though. I got to come through for the people. Why don't you go ahead and start off by coming through with a recap, my man? I think we can do that. A uh, couple events this weekend. Uh, the On the Street Fighter side of things, uh, this weekend was the kickoff for the Japanese version of the Street Fighter League. This Hold on a second. The... I'm going to stop you right there. We heard about the Street Fighter League. The Rage League with the cool names and cooler trailer intro was not is not new. That happened last year. Are they in league? Or are they different things? Uh, this is uh, a new, slightly different league. It's being run by Rage. So a lot of those team names and colors and cool intros are carrying over. Um, as an aside, uh, if please follow Doc Fugu on Twitter. He's got a complete breakdown of everything going on with this. He, he translates recaps, parts of... Uh, parts of interviews in the English so you can get a better feeling of what's going on here uh, but yeah this was this is the one which has the license pro the high class player which is sort of the online qualifier 
uh, online slash offline and the beginner class, which was some sort of celebrity. Uh, they had the draft actually um, that uh, bleh, my favorite part is that Daigo picked a guy named Pineapple Nakashi- Nagashima. <laughs> and he basically picked them because, you know, they could go drinking together more or less. That was pretty much the reason he drafted them. <laughs> He's a comedian? He's a comedian, yeah. Yeah, you've got comedians here. You've got singers, actors that were in this beginner class. Uh, they played some games to kind of give people a feel of where their skills were at. Uh, Kunisada, who got picked up by Mago, is widely considered to be the best of the group. So everyone wanted him except for Daigo, pretty much. Uh, who wanted <laughs> he out. wanted Pineapple Nagashima. Uh, so the first two rounds of that competition took place this past weekend. Uh, good weekends for for Mago's team Scarlet and <laughs> Nemo's team Aurora, both picking up eight points. Uh, it's the format's a little different. Uh, the when each team plays, the beginner plays a beginner, high class versus high class, uh, pro versus pro. pro. Uh, the pro match is worth three points. Uh, high class is worth two, and the beginner is worth one. So uh, Scarlet and Aurora picked up eight points each, uh, both going uh, one going uh, five and one and three and three in their two games. The other going two and four, but rebounding with a six zero uh, was Scarlet. So uh, that will continue this weekend. And again, follow Doc Fugu on Twitter for the links to. Uh, the recaps, uh, links to future episodes, all of that. Uh, the other big weekend event was on this side of the pond. It was Genesis. It was the the first really, really big smash event since the release of Ultimate. Uh, the two big games, of course, were Melee and Ultimate, the singles tournaments. Hungry Box. Boo. <laughs> God damn it, John. Seriously? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I bet. What a uh, Hungry Box ended the losers bracket run of Axe, who Axe lost in like round of thirty-two, I want to say, and rattled off seven wins to get to grand finals. Pushed Hungry Box to the limit in that first set, but Hungry Box pulled it off uh, to the delight of some, to the dismay of others in the crowd. Uh, there's an incident we'll talk about a little later on. Uh, the other big tournament was the. Uh, Smash Ultimate Tournament, and that was won uh, from the loser's bracket by MK Leo. Uh, came back, lost in his first match in top eight, but made the run back to get the title here. Uh, if you watched any, uh, I watched very little of this live, uh, but Zach Ray, the, what little I did see, I. Uh, very strong Japanese player. He came in and really impressed. Tweak, one of the guys who said we said was the number one player right now, uh, got knocked out just before top eight. So yeah, I mean, notably, Tweak was the number one seed and got ninth. And then in that top sixteen, you see the names Zach Ray and Prodigy. Zach Ray is fifteen and Prodigy is fourteen. My goodness. So Are they the yeah. oldest ones at the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in fact, every other player was actually an unborn child. So. Um, very crazy, yeah. Basically old men. How they got their hands on the controller. 
Okay, so uh, but yeah, fifteen and four. I mean, we've heard like you know, Sonic Fox was like seventeen when he started making huge waves, and Dragon was young too, and various other players. But fourteen to be like top sixteen in these gigantic two thousand man tournaments at fourteen—that's just insane. It's not even a joke. It's like the joke is it's a game for kids, or you know, they're the oldest kids there. But uh, that's just straight impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's quite quite incredible. How um, I mean, do you know how long these kids have been playing? You've got to imagine since they were pretty young. I mean, MK Leo like, was like a, a phenom in in Mexico like six or seven years ago, and he's he's only like nineteen or twenty now. My goodness. So I mean, a lot of these kids start young and get good early, and they, you know, it's like learning a language. Their hands grow up playing Smash Bros. Man, I wonder if any of these kids. I mean, I haven't done my my research here, but I wonder if these kids like start playing on the Wii U. Would that be? Would that surprise you if they were this good? I mean, Justin—that's actually a good point. Justin will probably. I mean, Justin was a, a, a top player when he was about that age as well. So, mm-hmm. you gotta right. wonder how that how that affects you. I keep trying to download this um, Grand Finals of uh, Ultimate, so we can take a look at it. But I guess we don't have it. Is that the end of the recap, my man? Uh, there were a few other tournaments that went down at Genesis besides those two big singles tournaments. Uh, you had. Dark Wizzy and Salem teaming up under the MVG banner to take the ultimate doubles title. Uh, PewPew and SVAC getting it done for CLG in uh, Melee. Big, big weekend for KYSK. Got three wins. He won the singles title in 64. Uh, he and Prince won both doubles tournaments as well. So strong weekend for him. And then uh, Full Street with the win in uh, Rivals of Aether Singles got himself to qualify for a free trip to the rivals of Aether uh, World Championship a little later on this year. So congratulations to everyone you see on that screen. Excellent. Um, let's talk about Genesis. I am outraged by the treatment of one Juan de Biedma hungry box. I'm offended. I want my opinion known and heard, but I didn't actually watch it live. What happened? Uh, I mean, people were just chanting, you know, fuck H-Box, screaming, you know, like booing him when he won, etc. Um, it's very strange because it's hard to get the story of exactly what has led to all of this. Um, and I come at this as an outsider where every time someone says fuck Hungrybox, it, it's always it's not just that he played Puff. It's that he used to be some huge douchebag. But I've never had any light shed on to how bad how bad this was. And whatever it was, short of something that would have him banned from the scene, I can't imagine it should lead to this level of, of just public hate. I mean, he said he's been he's been jeered on at public supermarkets. He gets booed basically every time he's at a tournament at this point. Yeah, there's that story um, where he was like at a supermarket and yeah. he was like, Hey, are you hungry bucks? He's like, Yeah, he's like, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, 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 I understand that some of these kids don't like the way that he plays, but that yeah. shouldn't be invitation to do this. I mean, I just can't imagine any excuse for this sort of behavior. And it, I mean, it feels like this is this is when we were talking about Ultra Instinct Shaggy earlier, right? And it's like it starts as like a kind of a joke, and everyone goes, "Okay, it'd be funny if we all chimed in together and made fun of." Or you know, in this case, it's like let's make fun of Hbox for doing something that we really shouldn't be berating him about, but let's do it anyway, and that's funny. And then somewhere along the line, they lose sight of the fact that this started as a joke, and it just carries on into reality. And then and then feelings begin to actually follow this, and people actually act this way. 
But it's like, how could you? I mean, this is news to me that he used to be a douche or might have I been mean, a douche it, before. It has to be the gameplay. It has to be the gameplay because Leffen has documented, done things that were as bad or worse as whatever he did back in the day and was banned from the scene at one point for it. And he's pretty much like the most beloved figure in Smash at this point, right? Like maybe the most influential. So I mean, plays slow, right? That's that's the. That's literally why they hate him. I mean, it can't be anything else. So you gotta hate. You gotta also hate Justin Wong, who's gonna join us later, right? Because that's his thing. (laughs) I mean, Floyd Mayweather, it, right, plays slow, uh, and 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 I mean, and he actually is a douche, and so it's like you know, there's a lot of people to hate before you're gonna hate on Hungrybox, man. Now, okay, so and I don't like they all seem to have grown up at least enough to where the yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it's got to be the play, and if if you're if you're really trying to make someone feel this bad for beating everyone's ass in your favorite game, then you have to reevaluate a lot about your but life. But then, like, why? Because there's one thing to be like, oh, great, man, this guy plays lame. Just want to play lame. I'll come back uh, when his match is over or something to that effect, right? But why is it so widespread? Why is it so accepted? And why is it that uh, in a game where this is, this is a viable strategy, people are so upset about it, why wouldn't you uh, uh, appreciate the, 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 the talent that it takes to play this lame? I'm going to get, and I, I like the Smash community, and I love Smash Ultimate. It's, like, the only game I'm playing at this point. But I put, like, in, in my view, a lot of it is that there's a lot of top Smash players who invite this a lot of the time. And I'm not saying all, and I'm not even saying most. But I'm saying there's a few big names in the Smash scene who talk about how Jigglypuff is ruining Smash, how Melee needs to be saved. And they might be joking, but the fan base of this game legitimately, like, not joking at all, is a lot younger. There's a lot of 14-year-olds who read their favorite players say Jigglypuff is ruining Smash. And instead of taking it as ha-ha, they take it as this guy's ruining fucking Smash, you know? <laughs> and it's crazy, and it sounds crazy, but it's true. And it's it's gotten to the point where it's affecting this dude. And, I mean, you look at the Genesis 6 results. Of the big names you remember from a couple years ago, PPMD's gone, Armada's gone, Leffen didn't enter. Mango's been taking the game slightly less seriously. I mean, you're losing players. I don't think you want to lose Hungrybox. As much as you as you feel like Jigglypuff's ruining Melee, I don't think you want to lose another big name. And so Melee, what's the remedy? Well, what's the remedy, dog? It's like how do we how do we combat this, or what should the Smash community be doing? And I don't know that you guys would necessarily even have an answer. I, I would mean, love I for some of these top players to come out and be like, please stop fucking doing this. Like, all of them. Like, all the best been, players. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe if they, you know... No, because, like, I mean, Leffen, and yet again, I don't have any personal direct issue with Leffen. I don't really know him at all. But, I mean, he keeps... I mean, he, he, he did come out and say, this shouldn't happen to Hungrybox. And that was a good thing. And I'm hoping it'll change stuff in the future. He did outright say that. But, for a long time, he was talking a lot of shit. Now, it's unfortunate. Go ahead, Steve. Let let me take this in a slightly different direction here. Not that uh, different, but how is... I I understand and I agree that chanting fuck HBOX is... It feels like a line too far. But do we want to say that booing is inappropriate? Like, this this feels like... No, yeah, I understand what you're saying. How is it different from, like booing Tom Brady because mm-hmm. he wins so much. How is it different from booing the road team, you know, to create that home field advantage? I, I don't know if, you know, any sort of negative 
uh, reaction from the crowd should be stamped out like that. I, I This in particular, yeah, I think this is just dumb. But in general, I, I, I don't want to create a rule that says you can't boo. Because I you know what I, it, I, I agree I, with that. I agree, and but and so I'm trying to place where this might be different. Where you have an FGC event and an, an FGC player, how is that different than you know the established sports like in football and like with Tom Brady and, and you know Floyd Mayweather, all that kind of stuff? It feels like maybe, and, and this is just off the top of my head, but maybe a significant difference is the fact that. They're the the Smash players or an FGC player is more accessible and more part of the group. Like they get off the stage and they don't have like security yeah, escort into their private room in the back. They walk immediately back into that crowd. And and maybe there's some significance there that like they are very much part of this, whereas like other celebrities and professional athletes and such are removed in a lot of ways from everybody else. And so it's like more of a real and more of a like, like a real insult, a real threat compared to if you're, you know, you're talking smack about a, an actual, um, or an actual, like an athlete or someone like that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's different and I'm not sure exactly why. I, I think you hit it. You know, it's that there's, you know, with other sports, there is that level of separation between the players and the fans, you know, it, at Evo, I could go and cheer somebody on at, during top eight. I could conceivably be the person in top eight, you know, if I didn't suck, <laughs> which is never going to happen. But it, it, it feels like the last few years, you know, with this esportsification, as you like to say, uh, there's sort of become more of that separation in place. You know, it's FGC is becoming less group of people hanging together and more of a spectator sport. And I think booing and stuff like that is part of that because it's it's basically in the in the viewer's eyes they're just putting on a show no different from the nfl no different from any other except that one is an entire team of high-paid professionals and the other is a single in an open bracket setting it's ridiculous tennis in tennis if they boo they shut them the fuck up the umpire will say (laughs) we're not going to play until you guys are quiet yeah same with golf though right yeah yeah, it's, but what I, I was going to say, I, I, we're not Go going to solve yeah. it here. We're not going to solve it here. What I was going to say is every time we bring up Smash, it's always something negative, and I don't want that to be the case. Um, they also have a lot to celebrate, and one of those things is uh, the incredible viewership numbers. They peaked at 150 for Melee. They killed it with this tournament. Even up against the Super Bowl, they hit 150. They killed it with this tournament. The The production values are really good. They had stats after every match. You know, they weren't crazy stats, but I, I made a tweet about this last week. Yep. You don't need crazy stats. All you something. need is something on the screen. And then you saw in the screen chat, in the screen chat, people were like, oh, wow, like, his average kill percent was 90. Like, he was really getting those early kills. All you need is just something for people to talk about. Something that's not the screen will be back in seven minutes. Yeah. And they had that. And they had great commentary. And the matches seemed to flow pretty well. Melee took a long time, but that's just because of the nature of the way the game works. Um, fuck Hbox too, right? Making yeah, fuck Hbox too. It out like really that. ruined Melee. Um, <laughs> killed it. But it, w- it was entertaining. Um the seeding got fixed, and it seemed to work out. Uh, the level of play was really high. Leo won, but it, it wasn't free by any means. He went to losers. All of his sets that were losers were close. It, it's really fun that we had a top eight with eight different characters and eight players who all looked like they could have won on the right day. 
And I, I know part of that's because it's early in the game, but compared to say Smash Four, where it, the people were already starting to get sick of Zero winning at this point, you can't blame a player for being the best. It seems like this game is hyper competitive. It seems like it's balanced. It seems like people like it, and it seems really positioned to be popular for a long time. It is crazy high numbers right off the bat. Um, does anybody remember how well Street Fighter Five did like at that first final? I know they had a crazy entrance. Um, there was like they, they capped at some crazy high number, but 1048. 1048. Oh, that's entrance. entrance. Okay, that so, was for yeah, final round Street yeah. Fighter Five. But do we yeah. has Street Fighter Five ever gotten that kind of viewership? Only Evo, uh, I think. Yeah, outside of Evo, I'm trying. I'm trying to see if I can uh, uh, pull it up. But I mean. I, I mean to generally answer the what I think you're kind of asking, and I think I said this last week on this show, I'm not sure, but you know when you when you hear about like facts about how far stars are away and stuff, and it's like it's amazing every time, even though you've kind of heard yeah. them before at a certain point. And every time I hear Street Fighter or, or just any game in the fighting game community compared to Smash numbers, I get that same feeling. I go, wow, Smash is as big as a is as far away as a star is. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. They like they blow everyone else out of the water with their following. Time after time, so um, you know that's that's just kind of the general reaction. But Steve, if you have the actual numbers, I'm sure we'll we'll all be blown away. I can't find it. Okay. Well, we uh, we, but we, we could keep talking about. I, oh, uh, just got it. Just got it. Ninety, just under a hundred thousand for uh, final round 2016, which was the first CPT event of. Uh, and and you Fighter could make Fighter. the argument this is the first major infinite event, right? Sure, so surely there's been other events, but Genesis 6 is the yeah, big Yeah, this is the super major, the first one, yeah. Okay. Well, shout-outs to the Smash community and them turning out, and uh, you've said it before, like, all the locals here, like, packed with players. Oh, there's and... four. I, I haven't gone to any of them, but there's four weeklies in Austin, and they all get over 50 people each. My goodness. All right. So, um, again, congratulations to that community and their game and their turnout and their events, and hopefully we can expect a lot of cool shit from them this year. Um, CPT, Capcom Pro Tour. They made some announcements. Uh, no new characters or any kind of discussion towards DLC characters for this season, but uh, we do have an idea of what the eSports side of things will look like, the Capcom Pro Tour. They announced the number of events, locations, dates, all that good stuff. Steve, why don't you take it from there? Yeah, this came out, uh, I believe, on Wednesday. It was either Wednesday or Thursday, so not too far after our show. Uh, the format looks a little bit different. You know, a lot of things are going to be the same. You know, top 32 making it to Capcom Cup, defending champion uh, gets the spot. But there are some changes, some key changes. Uh, one of the first is that there's going to be a few fewer events, only 54 uh, down from 66 uh, last year, so about a 20% drop. Uh, the biggest chunk of that is going to be co coming from fewer online events. Uh, last year, each region had four online events. This this year, regions will only have two or three, and with those, every player only gets one shot. So, uh, NA East will only have one region one online event uh and a west will only have one online event uh there are a few new regions getting online tournaments uh latin america is getting split into three regions so now you've got the west which will primarily be like mexico and whatnot 
the east, which will be Dominican and the surrounding islands, and then south for South America. Australia getting its own, as well as the Middle East. So those regions will have uh, their own online events. Uh, the big change, is the two big changes format-wise, regional finals will no longer award regional points, just global points. So that top eight for the regional finals will be set before uh, the open premiere. Uh, the other big one is there is a new tier of events called Super Premiere. Uh, there will be three of these events throughout the year, EVO, the Japan Premiere event, and then the North America Regional Finals, uh, the open premiere at that event, I should say. Uh, those events will have larger point spreads, the winner getting 1,000 points instead of 700 for a premiere. Uh, points going out to through the top 128, uh, which I wasn't able to fit all of them here. Uh, Points-wise, winning means more at ranking events. Getting top three means more. Uh, you get 200 for winning a ranking event, uh, 100 for second, and 80 for third. All of those are up from last year. The one point for making top eight is now five points. Cosmetically different, but not a huge, huge change. Uh, the premieres largely unchanged, although second place now gets 350 instead of seven, uh, 270. Uh, and then super premieres slightly, they award less than Evo, uh, but more than obviously the premiere, or, or they award less than Evo did last year, I should say. It was like seventeen fifty for winning, wasn't it? Or was it twelve fifty? Yeah, it was seventeen fifty. Yeah, that's a huge jump there, and there are only three of them. But I mean, years previous, it was only Evo, so there's only one. So, right. And the big thing is, if you win Evo, you're probably going to do well at other events too. So it's not going to be. I, I I don't see that being a massive massive difference maker, in terms of oh, I only got a thousand instead of seventeen fifty last year. I might not make Cap Cap Cap. So, mm -hmm. guys, what prayers were answered and one, which ones were left unanswered? I'll put it to you guys. Uh, I, I want to ask Steve flat out because, uh, I mean, okay, I want to go straight to the Latin American thing, the whole Brazil stuff. That was something we spoke about multiple times last year. Um, and so that was remedied because they moved it over to Puerto Rico, right? So now the Latin American finalists can actually get paid out although the, uh, the payouts for regional finals have been uh, lowered in general, if I recall correctly. But um, as much of a win as that was, uh, people are still saying that Latin America got the short end of the stick this time around, and I wanted to get Steve's opinion on that. Well, I, I think – I'm not sure about uh, the uh, regional finals getting uh, less pay. They, they get the same as the – uh, the regional final itself gets as much pay as the open premiere, uh, which gets the same amount of pay as regular premieres. So right, that it was like 7K for first, but I think last year, if you won a regional, it was like 12K. Uh, yeah, I think it was a $20,000 prize pool for that. So that so that went down a little bit. Uh, the super premieres will each have a $50,000 prize pool, so the total prizing for the tour is up to $600,000. Uh, the Latin American thing, uh, they do get, they're getting a little bit short shifted, mostly South American players. Because remember last year you had three or four events in Brazil itself. 
plus two online events that Brazilian players could enter. This year, you only have one event that Brazilians can enter. Um, you don't have as many ranking events in general in in the region, in all regions, I should say. And a lot, you know, with the regional final moving out to uh, Puerto Rico instead of Brazil, that makes it a lot harder for South American players to be able to attend. So you're, it's the road for a Brazilian player to make Capcom Cup is much more difficult now than it was in years past. Yeah, much more expensive, frankly. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's price limiting for sure. Um, I guess I'm jumping right into my thoughts. Um, all of the changes seem to be in a good direction, at least. So that's a big pro. They added points to ranking events. People wanted that. They fixed the Latin America problem. I was going to pop off super hard if they didn't. So that's good. Um, they removed some online events, and they and they made it so you can only enter one, which I think is good. Um, a few less events. That's good, too. Everything seems to be in the right direction. They all seem to be pretty small pushes, which is, I guess, what the biggest complaint would be. But... I'm going to be positive and say that the right direction is good. Even if it's not exactly where we want to be, it's way better. And if our friend Michael Martin had anything to do with this, he is officially a Capcom eSports boy, as he told me. Um, thank you for pushing it in the right direction. Um, no SCR, though. What's up with that? Uh, there is no SCR on the tour because this year there is no SCR. Uh, the... Organizers of the event uh, being Level Up Live, they came out uh, shortly after the release of the Capcom Pro Tour schedule, and they made a statement saying they were taking time off, taking the year off from SCRs. They said, "quote uh, The TLDR of it is that with the time, with time already stretched thin, planning and holding SCR with minimal time and attention would not do the event justice. Instead of focusing a majority of their time on one huge event, they being uh, Jimmy Wynn and Alex Valle, the co-founders, will be focusing on the t focusing the time on several events to bring more opportunities for the community to enjoy. However, one advantage of having of SCR taking a break this year is that it gives us an opportunity to reschedule SCR for quarter one slash quarter two in subsequent years, something many in the community have asked us to do when we initially transitioned SCR to quarter three, four back in 2015. Because remember, uh, it was, you know, you had NCR and SCR within mm -hmm. like four, six weeks of each other. So you'd have something go down there and then you'd have the run back pretty quick. Now you have that six month gap well, uh, well, up until last year, but now we're getting back in. They're at least planning on getting back into that traditional both events in early spring schedule. All right. <clears throat> uh, shall we talk about the combat cast? Ooh, let's talk about more combat. Let's talk about more to come at eleven. I uh, snuck away at work and watched this <laughs> entire thing. Um, I wanted to make clips, but all I really ended up doing was just downloading the uh, trailer when it came out. So obviously they revealed Cabal, which had already been teased at the reveal event because uh, he like ran by the screen real fast and they kind of faded to the shot or cut to the shot and you kind of like, oh my God, is that Cabal? Um, there was also a Brazil reveal event 
Right, Alon? And by the way, I just wanted to ask you, Alon, you mentioned in the chat that Brazil has a huge MK following. What's that about? You're from Brazil for people. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> or am I? Who knows? Uh, no, uh, I grew up playing Mortal Kombat in Brazil. Like, it was a popular thing. Like, Is it like uh, King of Fighters in Mexico or what? I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of... Uh, Street Fighter cabinets at the arcades, but we always had a Mortal Kombat cabinet. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, and you, if I'm not mistaken, are a Cabal main for Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah, I played the shit out of Cabal in Mortal Kombat 9. So you're probably excited to see uh, uh, this reveal. Terrible person, yeah. <laughs> so uh, cut to this because we're going to watch the Cabal reveal trailer. Uh, Donka and John, I don't think I've seen it. Or Steve, no, you haven't, I haven't seen, seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I have not. So what I really want you guys to see, and I hope they have it in this trailer, is uh, it's, Fatality. It's, it's sick, dude. It's so really cool. Of course, cool. I'm from Chicago, the home of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and, and honestly, it's kind of crazy. It really is the home of Mortal Kombat. And a lot of the new like designers, like people like 16-bit and Dizzy and all of them, are from Chicago. Like They've really... Kept up the whole Chicago thing since the inception of this game. And yeah, it's completely unrelated to Cabal, um, who is currently beating the shit out of someone with some sticks. Um, I That's remember this character, stage. Hook Swords. In Mortal Kombat 9, he was a huge zoner, and he had an infinite block string. And so you'd throw a bunch of things, and you'd do a knee, and you'd dash up. And in Mortal Kombat 3, he was really broken, too. So this, is a, this has been a traditional problem character. It's going to be interesting to see... How they change him The one up. thing they were mentioning in the combat cast is he's got crazy reach. Um, one thing that surprised me was they mentioned, you know, he's got that uh, dash that uh, puts you in a state where you can follow right. up. Yeah. Um, obviously, he has that still in this game. You saw it earlier in this little gameplay montage. But they were mentioning that he is unlike Scorpion. Scorpions doesn't do that. Scorpion's spear does not actually lead to a combo unless you enhance it. So he's one of the few mm -hmm. characters that can extend combos with a super move. Without having to uh, look at this though, look at this. Here we go. This is his uh, fatal blow. This is his fatal blow. Check this Where out. Where he rips your oh. stomach completely open. All right, now check out the and fatality. That's not the end of the fight. <laughs> yeah, here's the fatality. This, this is pretty slick. <laughs> and I like now it. he kills you. <laughs> also, this Watch is like this the flash. Case. He's running with you. He's got you hooked. Your face is falling off. And um, oh, <laughs> wow! Is that yeah. him too? Like he came to you. Oh, I don't want to be next. <laughs> too late, bro. It says you're next. <laughs> You're next. Um, I don't think I have a shot of it here. That looks cool. But they showed... Um, so they revealed some of his other skins, right? Uh, I guess every character has like three base skins that then you can kind of slightly modify. He's got a pre-burnt face, uh, like, uh, handsome-looking Cabal skin. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, he looks kind of like Ragnar, I think it is, from the Viking. He's got like just a little tuft of hair and then a ponytail. But, um, yeah, it's pre-burnt Cabal, and, um, and you've never been able to play as... Unburned. Let me see if I can find it while you guys discuss. I never even realized he was burned. Dude, his yeah, like yeah, skin well, is all melted off. Well, what are you talking about? His best fatality of all time from Mortal Kombat 3 or maybe it was <laughs> Ultimate. I don't know. He takes off his mask and you see it and then he screams at the opponent and it scares their soul out of him. Because he's so butt ugly under that mask. So ugly. I don't know. That I always play her mat. Would be ugly shaming here in 2019, so we can't have that. So instead he rips your intestines up and, and drags you across the ground. But, uh, but yeah, he's always been burned. Yeah, he's always been burned. Um, and, and this is the first time that you can play as Unburned Cabal, so that's a thing, I guess. Yeah, I'll keep talking because I'm trying to find this damn um, shot of him. Well, I, this I is the club. Go ahead. I just love how international this game is becoming. You know, Alon talked about how much love it's getting in Brazil, and uh, Kano got revealed on the Brazilian cast last week. Uh, they had the 
launch event in Europe and in Russia in addition to U.S. Uh, they had their uh, the the intro trailer. The the music to that was played by British rapper Twenty One Savage. So he's British. I, I just love how international this game has become. You're funny. Um. Okay, I found it, but it's a damn video, so I don't know how I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, I mean, this has become kind of a, a big thing, and this is kind of old school. This is what King of Fighters used to do back in the day. But the easiest way to get people excited about your game is to take characters out for a year and then to put them back in the <laughs> yeah. next year, it seems like. Because then people are, oh, I know that character. I'm excited for them to be back. So Ed Boon was briefly on the combat cast like for the first five minutes, and then they played the trailer, and then he was mysteriously gone. But, they, but he did mention that that was their thing. Like The characters from that era, they're excited to bring back. Um, a character not from that era that they also reveal is none other Shaggy? than... No, not Shaggy. Shaggy is not in the game. Uh, in fact, I'm discussing or talking about Devorah. You're, yeah, you're she's yeah. gnarly. She looks gnarly, and I, you know, she looks weird. She looks a lot different, but I kind of like it. I like that we have characters that look really strange and, you know, like non-human and... Weird robot bug things. So I'm excited for. Her. I think it's like kind of a an out of the box move. We don't see that in a lot of fighting games. Like in Street Fighter, you know, you have big dudes and you have, and you have hot girls, and that's 99% of what you get. And I feel like this is out of the box, and I think it's cool. And I'm excited to play Devora. She'll probably be my main if she's any good at all. Can so, we can we know, get an enhance? You know, on um, if you looked on the Twitter. Uh, comments where where she was first revealed, and then we did a story on Event Hubs, and you look in the comments there. It may have been a case of snowballing because you know I personally didn't follow MKX enough to know which characters were especially loved by the community and which were not. But man, overwhelmingly, at least in those two avenues, people were saying this is not the fighter we want. This is so not hype. I do not want this character. She was not a fan favorite over and over. And Only I like this character. Yeah. Internet snowballing where someone puts out a thought and then everyone just follows like mind the sheep and it, and it grows. But I, I wonder how many people do like her because um, I, I don't know if she played especially annoying. I, I know she was really strong at first. She was she really, was... really strong at first and annoying. Yeah. Yes, but don't you um, have a tech video so... with her? I have many. Dang. Now, uh, there was also a third reveal. Um, no, I'm not talking about Kano. I'm talking about Su Hao. He was revealed. Looked a little bit suspicious. It's like really Kano. good that Su Hao is finally in the game. We were just talking about this. I like to think that we were a big part of this. But Su Hao's back. Um, he's going to have his fatality from, um, I don't know. They're all those Mortal Kombats between 4 and 8. Uh, are the Deadly same. Alliance. Um, they're all yeah. the same. None of them matter. Um, and he's back. JK, he's not in the game. That was somebody who shopped Kano to look like <laughs> Suhao because that's what the actually developers did in that game. Um, okay, I'm excited for Mortal Kombat 11. I thought that the combat cast was cool. They showed a lot of uh, gear oh, stuff. Oh, you forgot too. the most important part we have to talk about, which is Shaggy not being in. Talk about it then, guys. He's not. He's not in, and we should rant about it. We should all send Ed Boon a lot of emails. He did say, y'all going to flip when you see the wild-ass DLC that we have coming, but I'm, it, it almost sounded like he was referring to returning characters and not to guest characters, but knowing the NetherRealm team, NetherRealm team, they've had some crazy guest characters Look, in, in Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to say uh, that it will be Shaggy, but uh, I will say that it's not, not Velma. Ooh. 
You know, uh, they had over 340,000 signatures on that petition for Ultra Instinct Shaggy when I checked earlier today to write the story <laughs> about how he's not going to be in the game and people need to grow up. Um, <laughs> I, I would personally rather have Shaggy, the uh, Jamaican musician that was popular in the early 90s and who is now teaming up with Sting, of all people. Um, yep. One other thing, though, before we uh, move on from the combat cast stuff, Ed Boon also said, or somebody said, that there is a, another reveal coming up next week on the Combat Cast. Yep. The second one's going to be next Thursday, and that it's a her, yep. and that it's not Devora. So another female character on the way. It's going to be Katana. Uh, probably. I hope it's like Jade. Katana, but... Who do you think it's going to be? Is, 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 uh, me and John. Oh no! I'm one of those, or maybe like one of the traditional characters. Ooh, 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 like, you who's know, the Goro? Shiva. I like Shiva, Shiva. too. I like yeah. Shiva. Maybe uh, that, that's kind of, or maybe Spindle. I'm thinking. You mean Sindel? Who has Spindle? Spindle. <laughs> maybe a little reveal. Gradle. I'm still sick. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> which one of the mystery crew is each of us? Like, um, who's Velma? Who's the, the, the chat should decide on that. I don't know. I mean, preferably it would be a cast of characters that aren't 50% female. And that's um, fine. But we'll let you decide, chat. I, I got the spreadsheets. I got the knowledge. I got the info. You're Velma. I'm going to be Velma. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, I, like, I think you're shaggy. The, the nerd <laughs> I mean, the, the sexy nerd of the group, too. All right. So of which course. one of us is Daphne? <laughs> For the chat to decide. <laughs> yeah. We'll let the chat I, decide. I, I think that's got to be a friend. He, he's, he's got that uh, little sexy thing going on. Ooh, <laughs> Steve, thank you. I'm Scooby. I probably am Scooby. Yeah, you're Scooby. You want to be Scrappy uh, Elon? Elon's <laughs> <laughs> so scrappy, too. You don't even offer him Scooby. <laughs> he's Scooby. No. Dog is Scooby. Right to Scrappy's just, what you got, Elon? just CGI. Why I ought to. <laughs> I'm universally Scoob. Okay, I'll take it. Um, Wait, so we don't have a Fred? Right. Or Fred. I'm, I'm definitely Fred. That's apparently. fine. We'll get Freddie Prince Jr. to join the show and he can do it. Okay, Fred. yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. All can right. Join how about we get back to the show? All right, guys. So, <laughs> the other bit of news, and uh, this was kept by a hilarious tweet by Steve, was Echo Fox dropping yet another player. Now, uh, before we get into the slide here, our guest on the show here in about 10 minutes or so <laughs> is Justin Wong, and he did not renew his contract. That was what he said on Twitter. Um, we'll ask him about that because was there, in fact, a, a contract waiting for him? That, again, that's what the tweet made it sound like. But these other players appear to be getting dropped. What happened at Echo Fox? That is my question. In the meantime, we can look at what has happened. And we have a handy slide here courtesy of one Steve Ace King Offsuit Jurek. Let's take a look. Steve? Yeah, this is... Every, you know, Echo Fox came in, they made a big splash, uh, especially in 2017 when they signed pretty much every top player under the sun, it felt like, uh, to be on that banner. And this was something that uh, uh, Mr. Bonet was talking about last week in his interview, where organizations kind of look at the FGC as a way to show how big of a deal they are, um, as opposed to something that uh, is sustainable and you look at how many members they signed in the past two years and how many are still there only four out of at their peak 14 under the banner uh the one surprising or the biggest surprise is how quickly punk was there 
Mm-hmm. You know, just six months. Is he the one with uh, the shortest tenure? He is the one by far with the shortest tenure. I mean, if you notice, most of them left on October 8th of 2018. The, the, the Great Purge. So, um, some sort of but contract had, scheduling happened then. So, And then you had uh, Justin... Uh, who left a couple weeks ago, and then Tokido just announced. Uh, and not only did he announce that he was a free agent, uh, if you look at the tweet, uh, he said that his contract was... That profile pick is not an, uh, a mistake. That is his current profile pick. If you go to Tokido's Twitter, his banner is gone, his profile picture is gone. He is just basically a blank person now. Waiting to billboard someone else. (laughs) I'm going to his page right now. You're correct. It is, in fact, blank and blank. It's almost like Kenny Blankenship. It seems strange that they'd all end on October of 2018. It makes you wonder if they, like, bought him out or something. But why would you buy him out? There's no cap space or anything. Like, there's no real reason. Buy him out or pay him out of their contract. And that was the thing. Like, you look at... Uh, like JDCR and Saints specifically, both of those guys had qualified for the Tekken World Tour Finals. When they got cut, TWT Finals was the only event left that they had to go through, go to for the rest of the year. And their trip to that was already paid for. So Echo Fox was saving almost nothing by cutting them at that point, and yet they still did. You almost wonder if there had to be some sort of like interior, like, forced for that to happen i mean like it, it just makes very little sense as you said they'd cut them then so my understanding is that there is a like a, a vc also... fund that is funding echo fox right. i wonder if they who maybe don't have as much eyes on the community and the schedule of the tournament season uh were like pull the trigger yeah it, it's very possible i mean as you notice there's there's four players left you have two Smash players, and they didn't cut any other Smash players? No. So they've kept all the Smash players they ever got. You've got the Kill Sage, who's their most recent signature uh, si- guy they signed. And you have to imagine his contract isn't even up yet to be to be cut if he would be. And you've got Sonic Fox, who's made the most money in fighting games the last couple of years. And he, it happens that Sonic Fox and the Kill Sage both played DBFZ. So I don't know if it was game targeted. I don't know what it was targeted at, but it's it's crazy, and it doesn't. It feels like more might be leaving at some point, right? Like it, there's no reason to believe they're going to start picking up more players again from what we're seeing here. Now I don't want to get ahead of myself, but one of my concerns is if there were, I mean, we heard Alan Benet say it, right? You're not going to get your money back. There's no money to be made in fighting games. Yeah, and you can watch that show from last week, and it was very insightful. My concern is though. I have a concern, and then it's like, well, maybe it's just correction here. If Echo Fox pulls out, and that was a big name, big splash, uh, uh, like a premier sponsor or team pulls out, other VCs or other big teams would be like, well, if they didn't do it, and they didn't work out for them, we're not going to dip our foot in there. And I'm like, well, shit, that sucks, right? Because you want to see our good players get picked up. You want to see our community members make money. At least I do. Um, so I'm like, well, you know, I don't want them to know the truth is that what I'm scared of, right? That uh, that what Alan Benet said is is truer than we care to admit, and in fact, this is just a correction of the market, and this is what was going to happen anyway, and better sooner than later, and let's all get back to reality. I mean, this does feel like a market correction uh, because remember, two years ago, everyone and their mother was starting up an esports team, 
everyone and their mother was starting up the same sort of blight basic esports team too uh it was ravenclaw esports hashtag feel the claw hashtag caw caw and it would just be you know a guy with like they sign four people they wear the shirt and then nothing and and it was just like everyone was chasing that idea of fighting game esports is going to be the big 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 thing and it turned out that's not the case so now you've got that balance coming in that that correction where people are you know there's still room for sponsors to come in you look at what Mm -hmm. uiu is doing you look at what vitrix is doing uh you know uiu selling uh clothing directly to the fgc vitrix selling controllers to the fgc you know there's still room for sponsorship opportunities there's still room for that uh, but you got to do it in a smart way. And a lot of these big companies, it didn't feel like they were doing it in a way that was going to work for the FGC. They were just taking <clears throat> what worked in other esports, slapping it on here and say, yeah, that will do it. Yeah, too much. All right. Too so, big. so somebody in the chat brought up this Tom Cannon. If you don't know who Tom Cannon is, he's one of the creators or uh, TOs of Evo. He also is one of the creators of Rising Thunder. Sure he's you obviously can. a pillar. Yeah, I created Sure You Can. Um, GGPO. One of the, literally one of the OGs, pillars of the community, very important guy. Um, he had a thread, and it's somewhat lengthy, so you guys stop whenever you want, but this is what he had to say on uh, Twitter. Quote, Tom Cannon, I guess we're talking about FGC and esports again, so here's my point of view. Esports is still an emerging industry with big booms and busts. The FGC's grassroots nature forsakes the booms in exchange for solid sustainability. Here's how. Most esports teams are funded by venture capital. They also generate revenue for big sponsors, but in many cases, that revenue is not enough to earn a profit. For the companies sponsoring these teams, esports is basically marketing. This is where the boom and bust cycle of esports comes from. One, some catalyst generates tons of excitement. Two, investors drop hundreds of millions into esports companies. Three, the numbers just aren't there and the VC money dries up. Four, many, fueled by VC money, downsize or shut down. The theory behind all this investment is that esports will one day become the next enormous media category as millennials continue to cut cords and games become even more mainstream. I 100% believe this will be true one day, but we're not there yet. If you hit your game to this model, you're in for a wild ride. A down cycle in VC funding or sponsorship can kill your game. In this model, profit is primary motivator. When your game is no longer a likely place to seek profits, the industry We'll turn to other options. This is why grassroots like the FTC are critical, our primary motivation, yada, yada, it goes on. So in my opinion, the FTC should keep doing what we're doing while extending an open hand to esports teams and orgs to understand that we're trying to do and want to help. Just don't take that level of support as a perfect indicator of our scene's health. Long live the FTC, end quote. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I mean, I'm no expert, but that's what it feels like is that someone like Echo Fox, and I think they're just the biggest example, went in with too much too quickly as if this was just going to for sure blow up, and it didn't. And I don't think we really expected it to. I think when Echo Fox did what they did uh, in 2017, we thought, well, maybe it will. Maybe they know something that we don't, and we'll keep our eyes open. But it's more than likely that they're just going crazy right now, and and they probably aren't. They don't have their finger on the pulse of the FGC as as much as a lot of the people that are just day in and day out part of the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so exactly like what, what Cannon said, we're on our way there, not there yet. Fighting games are they're a weird entity, especially in the realm of esports, where they're not the biggest by far, and there's a lot of kinks to work out, and they're very they're they're still in a very infantile stage as, in terms of all of this. 
So one step at a time, you can't take shortcuts. You can't just suddenly hop on to like the, the, the now we're huge. It's like, we're not, we're, we're getting there. There's a lot of progress, but one, one day at a time. So then should the new mentality for the FTC be, assuming this is the beginning of a downturn, um, and I think you could make that argument based on what's happening with Equifax. Um, I don't think it's a downturn. I think that we were, we've always just been like, you know, kind of doing this and getting a little bit higher, but Echo Fox made it look like we spiked up and we never did. It was just Echo Fox was there and Echo Fox was investing money and that made us feel this way. But I don't think that with them doing what they were doing and, and them having like really retracted themselves is an indication that we're on the downtrend. I can see why you take that away and how it feels that way, but they're just one entity. And, and I don't think that they were making or breaking us. It's not so much the, you know, they're not necessarily a uh, cause of this, but they're sort of a symptom. You know, you have. It's not so much that Echo Fox is leaving; it's that there's a big team coming in that isn't finding success, uh, or enough success at least to stick around uh, in terms of sponsoring players. And is that gap going to be filled? I don't think it necessarily will be, at least not by these big organizations. You still have room for, you know, your uh, Mad Cats type sponsors, you know, the ones that have a direct connection to the FGC. And I do feel that some teams can can still find success in the FGC, but you have to approach it in a way unlike the way Echo Fox did. You can't just splash the cash and hope it, you're going to make a return that way. It's not going to be, it's not going to work like that. All right. Um, I'm going to have to leave it there. It's a shame. Um, I mean, Tokido, if, if what happened with Justin Wong is any indication, Tokido will probably get picked up real quick. Oh, yeah. It's hard to say, though, man. I mean, we're back in an era where a lot of top players are cycling through weird, shady-seeming sponsors at a quick rate again. It almost feels like we're back in that 2015-16 era. And you wonder, like, how many big sponsors are left actually taking big names. That's what I'm you telling you, John, is that this is maybe not a downturn in the popularity of the sport, but certainly a downturn in the money flowing into it. You can't deny it. Yeah, probably. And, and and as big of a deal as Echo Fox leaving and other potential money, you know, investors seeing that and going, oh, well, then I better not. Yeah, you're right. But I, I just think, you know, we still have entities like Red Bull yeah. and, and, and entity like UIU, who's, I think, doing it much more um, at the pace that the FGC requires. You know, it's not what we're giving people like born free some sponsorships and and uh, having them show our stuff and like sending out, you know, like not the biggest names always, sometimes that, but like little things here and there, you know, and like here's our here's our stuff and get that in front of a few people here and, and there and, and whatnot. But I, I you know, it's, it's again, like Steve said, you're not just splashing a whole bunch of cash down in front of everybody. You're doing it at a slower pace. And I think there are plenty of people still doing that. And there are more serious uh, sponsors that are still around now than there were a few years ago. Um, yes. The, the huge, the big deal Echo Fox is gone. But even with that gone, I think we're still at a higher level than we were, um, you know, pre-Echo Fox oh, or, or slightly beforehand. So, so I think progress has still been made. It's just that Echo Fox basically gave us or gave everybody else an inflated view. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. And we're going to have to leave it there. 
So if you're new to the show and you're just joining us, maybe because SageM hosted or because you just came to the show for the first time, um, this is what we do every week. We talk about the current topics of uh, not only the tournament results, but of other things like Mortal Kombat and Smash. And uh, this is your panel here, Steve Ace King of Sujuric and John Velociraptor Guerrero, who was kind enough to pull himself away from the Event Hub's desk to join us on the show like he does every week. Um, the other thing we do on the show on occasion is bring on a guest, and that's what we're going to do now. So we'll say bye to John and Steve. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much. And coming up next is none other than Justin Wong, one of the most storied fighting game players of all time. We've had him on the show a couple of times, and we always love to bring him back on. Um, he just became a dad, so we have that in common. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I can trace a lot of my fighting game history through Justin Wong from... The first Evo I watched where, you know, he he picked Balrog and almost came back to beat Daigo to being an actually pretty competitive Marvel 3 player and playing the best. him. And, oh, well, I mean, for me, yeah. and then him kicking my ass and top <laughs> eights and shit like that every single time Yeah. to, I mean, now watching him again, seeing him go from sponsor to sponsor and end up making tons of money off the sport. It's been uh, definitely the poster boy of U.S. fighting games and fighting games in general. Um, always cool to have him around. And if I'm not mistaken, he's joining us now. Justin, are you there? Hey, what's up? You guys hear me? Yes, if you sir. can hear me, though, I just have to say I hate him. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I can't be nice if, if he's actually there. Hey, man, I mean, Smash Ultimate is out. We can have our run back. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you want it? Okay. okay. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I do want the run back, though. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate right now. Mm. Most importantly, a new addition. Uh, none other than, am I getting the name right? Harper Joy? Did I get that right? Yes, Harper Joy Wong. So, she's you know a, a blessing. I I was I cried like a bitch uh, when she came out. <laughs> Not like a bitch, um, like a new father. I cried too, man. I have a video I, of myself I falling. Mean, yeah, I mean, I I instantly cried. I was like, I in my head, I'm like, I should say congratulations. Oh my god, you did it! But then I just cried instead. So. <laughs> it's an amazing feeling, I would say. Amazing feeling. Um. That's great, man. How are you feeling as a dad now, though? You know what I mean? Like, your life, has, has it hit you how much your life is, is changed now? Um, I feel like I have just a, a much stronger drive to support my family, I would say. Like, mm -hmm. so I want to say that I'm going to be working a lot harder in terms of just games, branding, content. And I mean, just overall everything and also being like just a dad, you know, like so I cut out a lot of things like I cut out a lot of like things I like to do personally, like anime or mobile games are gone and I don't even buy sneakers anymore. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I want to concentrate all my resources to give like my daughter like her best life. Hey, man, I mean, I'm sure this was by design and it's not like you owe it to anybody, but I feel like you were pretty under the radar about being married and about about to be a dad. I, I kept it a secret. I mean, you know how the internet is, especially when you have sites like R Kappa that just wants yeah, to like yeah, talk yeah. shit all the time. So, a lot. So, you know, I, I occasionally browse on there. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. And <laughs> We're all guilty of, of things, it. You know, it's one of those things where when I see a lot, of when I see them talk like smack about like a fellow FGC member about their personal life, I'm just not a big fan of it, right? So that's kind of why I like to like keep things uh, like a little bit more secretive or like keep it like for an announcement later down the road um, type of thing just because it's I would say it's not worth it so I think a big question a lot of people have is you know 
with removing yourself from the team, with starting a lot of work on content creation, and with having a kid, how is this going to change the your 2019 as a fighting game player? Um, so the biggest thing is um, before I announced about Harper, um, I also said something about how in 2019 there will be per- there will be no international travel on my end. And I would say when it comes down to it, if it's uh, a tournament or a CPT, I will only participate in like the North America region. So that's kind of what changed for me in terms of 2019 travel season, Justin Wong. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of topics to go to, but really where my mind's at is, what the hell happened with Echo Fox, man? It seems like (laughs) the premier team. You know, it is. It is a premier team, and I'm very, like, happy to, to be ever a part of Echo Fox. But, you know, I had a contract, for sure. I, I was I was listening to your show, and I had a contract waiting for me. And when I, th- when I thought about it, I just thought, I'm going to try my own thing. I have a lot of relationships with a lot of companies, a lot of brands. Um, and, you know, I'm always the type that really wants to, like, get their product out there. Because usually when you're on a team, you're like the... Like the, the team is the middleman. So let's say, okay, you know, do your little sponsor tweets of the month and see you next month, right? There's yeah. no relationship with the player slash company. And I kind of want to have a relationship with the company okay. because I'm thinking about more in terms of a long term where possibly there could be a team Jay Wong. Possibly I could work work at that company. Possibly I could have branded products from that company. That's kind of where I was thinking compared to just me doing, okay, let me get this free travel, collect the salary. All I have to do is just do like a robotic tweet and call it a day. I'm not a big fan of that. So I want to, I always want to do more. You guys know that I tweet a lot. I have over a hundred K tweets and you know, it's one of those things where I'm a gamer and I'm part of the culture. It's not just about tournament, tournament. I just love everything. You know, it's almost like the fatality model, right? Uh, One of the first esports stars, that guy had his own mouse pads and computer parts and, uh, you know, he does well for himself based on that. Is that where you envision yourself going? I see you're wearing a Victrix, uh, looks like a hoodie or a sweatshirt right now. You know, it's cold in Vancouver, right? So I got this Victrix uh, hoodie um, when I went down for the photo shoot for the the Victrix announcement. So, you know, I got to stay warm in these streets. And (laughs) I mean, I definitely want like, obviously my branded things. Like I had like shirts in the past with a shirt companies from like Jinx or designed by human. So me may, I mean, maybe we can get a J Wong joystick. Maybe we get some more J Wong clothes. So it's one of those things where like, why not? Let's, let's, let's go, let's go for the moon. Let's shoot for the stars. Hey, 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 speaking of uh, photo shoots, could you call up this image here real quick? Um, what is the, up with this boss-ass photo here of you, man? Looking like the you know, final <laughs> boss in the game, or I don't know what, like you're in Mission Impossible. I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it. You know, it's one of those things where um, when we went to the show, photo shoot, they really wanted it to be more of a, a serious thing, like mm-hmm. super serious, have like this, this murderous look <laughs> type of thing. And I'm like, all right, cool. And it, the funny thing is that I don't know why, but like every time I do like one of these things, like if I'm on a show... Or if I do like a photo shoot, they always want me to have like this mean ass face. So I'm like, damn, like why can't I just be like like a nice face? Like why can, why do I have to be mean or angry? Uh, well, I mean, it looks pretty slick. Um, <laughs> and, and the fight stick is that is that on the market? What's going on with that? Well, I'll let you get a plug in here for Victrix. Am I, I pronouncing mean, that right? Victrix. Yeah, Victrix. Victrix. Yes, there. That, that fight stick Pro FS is coming out pretty soon. Um, I believe that they're having an announcement, um, I think, in the next like week or two. So 
I would stay. I would say stay tuned for that if you guys are interested in the Pro FS. Um, obviously, I don't. I can't say too much, but they're working very hard. Like obviously, they were part of the CPT tour. They had the Victrix headsets throughout the whole tour for 2018. So. 2019 is going to be really, really big for Vitrix, I would say. So so another big thing you've gotten into and, and seems to be kind of trending across these games as a whole is you started helping balancing some games, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I currently balance a mobile game called Hero Versus, mo- mobile fighting game. Uh, Crystal Crisis from Nicholas, which is like has like Binding of Isaac characters, like a puzzle fighter game. And then also Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Obviously, you guys saw the Power Rangers fighting yeah. game for console. So it's it's a dream come true, right? Like when it comes down to it, when you're a kid growing up, you always wonder like how did how do these games get made or how can you get involved? And the fact that me being part of the FTC for so long, like it gave me the opportunity to like have a conversation with these companies to get involved with their games and helping balance it and making sure when the game comes out. A lot of people really enjoy it, like if it's broken or not, or if it's cheap. Because, you know, people love cheap things, right? People love to to, to just win. So it's one of those things where I want to help balance to the point where, like, yeah, I think this is fun. And don't worry, I'm not going to make the game lame. That's just my <laughs> personal play style. I, I would say I know, I would, I know, I think I know what the consumer wants when it comes to playing a video game. Do you feel like doing this has changed your view on the balance of games that are already played? Do you feel like you look back and go like, how the hell did that happen? I would have fixed that or that's interesting. That makes sense now. Well, I, I think of it as like, there's a reason why they probably reached out to me and also how I even worked at NVIDIA. Right. Like, they need like actual gamers. Pro gamers is a good example or just really hardcore gamers are very good at finding bugs, really good at just spending hours and hours. Like Because when you think about like other like, software engineers or like any type of like testings done i don't think those guys have the experience of just playing games over like 20 hours or like 16 hours a day for example sometimes you just binge a game so the fact that you know like you're gonna try things out you're gonna see oh i wonder what happens if i do this or do that and you possibly could find a bug and i would say i'm i'm pretty good at finding like little bugs or little issues that other people easily find so it's one of those things where it, it makes the game fun because i'm now i'm just there not to play the game but try to break the game and i think that's a, a very cool unique way of saying like um please fix my product please tell me this product is a pass or go or mm-hmm. please tell me what i need to work on it's really it's really interesting but in, in terms of that side of the field okay i'm gonna ask you a, a clickbaity type question <laughs> based on all of this what games were better designed newer like MVC2 and earlier era games or newer games? Oh, what, what games are better designed in terms of the balance? Yeah, balancing? old era. So Third Strike and before or, or after that? Which ones are okay. more fun? Which ones do you like better? Well, I mean, I love the old games more. Okay. But you, you have to think of it as like, like we have patches now, right? So you have to give me a game. So like Marvel 2 never had a patch, but the newer game gets a patch. But can we say like the newer game of like Vanilla Street Fighter 4, right? Vanilla Street Fighter 4, in my opinion, was not as fun compared to, like, eventually the end of uh, Street Fighter 4. Right? Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, so it's one of those things, like, the vanilla version of a modern game, I don't think is better than the vanilla version of a old arcade game, because I think they had to really play the shit out of the arcade games before they can release it, because there was no patches back in the day. They just like, okay, this is the final product, and this is it. 
compared to now we're like oh this is broken all right let me patch it and then two weeks later let me patch it and then boom it's it's a better game now right so i don't think you could count that but i'm gonna say old game just because i like broken shit i mean broken shit is really <laughs> fun so um you have uh games that you're balancing and that's work for you um you have the sponsorship with vitrix you're on that is that your team or is that your sponsor so I am sponsored by Victrix and the Gaming Stadium. I was going right? to come to the Gaming Stadium. Stadium. Gaming Stadium CS. What can you tell us about that? What's that all about? Yeah, so it's a, it's pretty much like, you know how in America we have eSports Arena, uh-huh. Gameworks. This is pretty much gaming a gaming stadium being built in. Uh-oh. We're losing you, Justin. No, I think we lost a signal to him. Are we still on? Oh, there we go. Oh, there he is. We you lost you me? for a second. You're back. You're back. Yeah, we got okay. you now. All right, my bad. We, uh, my wife got Wi-Fi in this place, so no wire, dude. <laughs> I heard you talking shit on Twitter about her Wi-Fi, dude. <laughs> I mean, I can't play Street Fighter Five online. You know, even though it's already bad, I, I now it's even worse. So, I don't, I don't get, I don't get that many games in. Um, but yeah, gaming stadium. It's a gaming stadium that's being built in Vancouver, the first of its kind, and they kind of want to just really like show some love to like the, all the gaming communities, right? All like Counter Strike, Fortnite. Um, just FGC, and they've been working a lot with uh, Kenny Air Ryu, who owns, who uh, holds VSB Van Street Battle, and Van Street Battle, Van Street Battle is going to move to the gaming stadium, and they're going to hold a lot of like fighting games tournaments. They want to be part of like the possibly the pro tour for next season for like all the games if possible, and they want to also improve the community in Vancouver as a whole, like flying out like really strong players like uh, Captain L for Smash Ultimate, Pichu player, uh, L2L anime player. And then uh, even Serial Blast Street Fighter Five player, right? So it's one of those things where they really want to focus more on bringing up esports in Canada because ultimately, I would say Canada is still kind of far behind compared to North America, compared to USA when it comes to esports. So I want to talk to you about the CPT and the new, you know, the the, the announcements that they've made. I want to talk to you about content creation, which you've been hitting really hard. I want to talk to you about Smash and Mortal Kombat 11. But first, I just want to round out this conversation about Echo Fox. Let's finish. Let's put a let's put a, a pin in, or a bow on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you can say, but what happened in October where they just killed a bunch of players, knocked them right off, right in a really hot <laughs> moment of the season when there's yeah. a bunch of big events. Like, wh- why now? Why not wait like a week? Why not wait a month? You know, it make that made me, that made me really sad. It also came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I even, you know, asked like Echo Fox and stuff like, "Hey man, like, am I being chopped or what? Like, just let me know right now." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh no, you're good, right? You're 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 very good." So I'm like, "Okay," but it was just super random. It just came out of nowhere. Um, if I had to make an assumption of what happened, I believe it's because they spent too much money on the H1Z1 tour because Twin Galaxies and Echo Fox are pretty much like together right they're they're pretty much the same company mm-hmm. and i would say that's kind of the reason why they had to, to do budget costs in my opinion so bad investments led to well let's just chop all the fgc wing of this company or this team well it's not even they didn't they didn't even just only chop the fgc right they chopped the gears of war team as well yeah that's true so it's one of those things where they just like i mean in 2017 right we had a foxconn and that and if you looked at the picture it was like Seven, what 70 people in that picture in terms of like members of the team that's a really big number when you come down to it right so i mean eventually like it, it would make sense that cuts are bound to happen especially when new games are coming out and they have to like get more players there's no way they can like get like keep all the players plus add more players at the same time right they add a shadow verse 
they added Madden, and I'm pretty sure they're going to eventually add more more people from different games, different teams. What's the lesson to be learned by putting all your eggs in the H1Z1 basket? You know, I actually don't know anything about the H1Z1 thing. I personally don't know. I just know that, you know, when it comes down to investments, you should always have a a backup plan when it yeah. comes to being on a team, right? Like, luckily, even though Punk like got like dropped, he instantly got with uh, Team Wreck, right? Um, but you know, not but for other people that got dropped, like JDCR, Saint, Scar, Dio, like. I feel like they they didn't really have a, a backup plan, right? So now they're just waiting for like Tekken Seven World Tour to come out again, or maybe the MK11 possibly tour comes out, right? It's pretty. You can say confidently that maybe the MK11 tour will come out because it's Warner Brothers, right? They've done it every year. So, sure. So now they're just waiting for their opportunities, and so I would say, in my case, um, if they drop me, I, I could possibly get with another team right away. Or, you know, I could just focus on doing myself right now, like what I'm doing right now with uh, gaining all these sponsors, mm-hmm. having all these meetings. Like, I've been in calls for the last two and a half weeks about, wow. hey, man, like, how can we work together type of thing. So with, with teams or sponsors? Sponsors. I personally do not want to be on a team this year. I'm probably going to do the whole Daigo route. And, um, you know, after acquiring all these sponsors... Possibly, maybe Team Jay Wong. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you guys know on the internet. Slide in the DMs as usual, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, oh, he wants to Seriously. ask if you'll put him on, yeah, on well, the team. Yeah, I was obviously going to be his first choice, <laughs> but that's outside the point. My, my question was, as advice for players at this point, do you think that given teams are, are sometimes so volatile, should people be spending all day playing and practicing to be the best? Should people be taking two hours out of their practice regimen to, to make a video that day? What do you think some of these high-level players who, who want to make fighting games you know, a bigger part of their career should be doing to make that happen? So in my opinion, um, when you think about this FGC content, most of the FGC content are created from actual like content creators that are, that are really big fans of FGC not really as players, I would say, yeah. right? So I think a lot of players are losing a lot of opportunities because they're not branding themselves. They really just want to win tournaments, want to be the best, like you're, like you're saying. And I don't think that's the right way, especially where FTC is not where you can make a lot of money from, right? Less than 1% can be sustainable and making money to live a comfortable, satisfied life. Everyone else, they're grinding, they're trying to hustle, they try and make this top eight, and even if you make top eight and you get seven, what in the premiere was that's two fifty. So even then, that's that's trash, right? So, in my opinion, I feel like in terms of branding, you have you might as well do a Twitch stream, right? You might as well do some YouTube content. Like people are, that are good examples of doing like Twitch streams is like El Chacate, right? El Chacate, mm-hmm. he's been killing it with um, just the Twitch streams. And you know, pushing it forward, and he even got a TGS to really sponsor him to go to their event and stuff, right? So doing stuff like that, getting yourself out there, you're gonna get like opportunities. Obviously, it's not as easy because most people are gonna want to talk to like people that are already established at the top, right? I get a lot of emails, I get a lot of calls, and I usually forward them to like X player I think that's that's worthwhile, that I think deserves a chance, that I think deserves an opportunity. So a lot of times. I think a lot of players, they just 
wait. And the fact that you're waiting is a horrible decision, in my opinion. Like, if you want to really push yourself, get yourself noticed. Because most of these companies, they don't know about the fighting game community, man. They, they watch the stream, they're looking at the results, and that's all they see. They're not watching the whole three days worth of stream, right? And then that's also another thing that hurts the players as well. Tournaments, so you know how, like, tournaments in general, they have, a, let's say, a flyer. For like these are our commentators for the weekend, mm-hmm. so you have all these flyers, but they don't really show it in terms of the. Pl- this, these are our players that are. That's a really good Going to be here this weekend, so the fact that, like you know, th- you can say okay, you have like the Justin, the Diego's, the Kitos, but everyone knows who are the top players, right? Even if you're not sponsored or not, they know that you're a top player. They know that you're a non-sponsored top player. So if you made a flyer, like these are the players expected to be here this weekend, in terms of a flyer. I think it will make more companies and more teams be like, oh shit, let me check out these players. This, this guy's not sponsored. I want to check out his video. I want to see how good he really is, right? The fact that, like, let's say at SCR, Ochakate eliminated Tokido, right? You would think, boom, he get a sponsor, but it was off streamed. And I would say not many people knew that Ochakate was even at SCR because it's either if you follow this person on social media, that's it because yeah. it was on stream. Good point. Um, <clears throat> we asked our Discord to put some questions out for you, and we have one or two here. Uh, whenever in our Discord asks, what are you going to do if your child doesn't like fighting games and would rather play Fortnite? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, she, if she wants to play Fortnite, then go ahead. That's way more money. But right? what if she doesn't like fighting games? If she doesn't like fighting games, I mean... How can you not like fighting games? It's Throw her in the <laughs> volcano. It's so fun. I mean, you, you're going to like Smash. She's, she'll definitely like Smash. Yeah. You can't yeah. say no to Smash, right? <laughs> as long as she doesn't click no whack-ass grappler, then we in there. Okay, you know, we, we, we were talking about Smash earlier in the show, and we were talking about how some of the top eight were, what were the ages, like 14 and 15? 14 and 15, and, yeah. And the question we had was, how old were you when you started playing, you know, competitive? I won't say pro because pro didn't really exist at the time, but... Certainly taking it seriously and competing at tournaments. How old were you? Um, I was 13. Dang. So I, I went to my first tournament 13, and then I won uh, B5, which was before Evo, and at 15. Wow. So what do you think when you're seeing these kids in top eights uh, at Genesis <laughs> 6 that, are, that, that were that age? I mean, it's awesome, right? The fact that esports and just in general is just growing and you know like you're you're seeing all these like people and have an opportunity to get a chance and they see like oh like this is something that i can do in the future it's getting more accepted now right like when i was playing people like oh you play video games you're so childish right even like when i'm i go to a family gathering like my cousins would be like oh you're still playing video games like like that type of like snarky comment and everything and i'm like uh yeah you know so it's one <laughs> and, of those, and i'm making bank right <laughs> yeah it's one of those weird weird situations right because that's just how people back in the day perceived video games but now you know people like i could see i could see like oh like you're getting good at fortnite and you want you could get better let me hire a fortnite coach like that could be a possible thing from like a parent and that was like um like now like right so if like harper wants to be like a, a pro this player I could possibly look into like hiring a coach for her to like get better at the game. Like that's definitely possible now. That's crazy. How you feeling about Smash? You know, I love Smash. I always been a fan of Smash even before Ultimate came out. Um, so I personally think this game, Smash Ultimate, could possibly be 
the best fighting game of all time. Damn. Dude, I feel the same way. I'm not even this kidding, man. This game is man. so good. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so good, right? And, like, there's so many good characters. It's not yes. really, like, it's not really, like, broken to the point where, like, the other Smash game where, like, this is the, the guaranteed top three. Like, the fact that you had Pichu in the grand finals at Genesis, come on, that was so tight. And then <laughs> each region has, like, their own, like, top player, best top player, and they all play different characters, right? You had Sa Salem plays Link now. Uh, then there was, like, uh, Foulskate that plays Ness. Then you have, like, Ike, a Lucina from MK Leo. Like, you have so many characters that are represented in just Smash Ultimate right now. Why, why don't you play it professionally? Why don't you take it, like, one of your games? The problem is, is that Smash is too hard, especially for newcomers. And the fact that um, I don't think you can main... Like, I don't think you could play two main games at the same time, personally. Like, the, because I think it's too hard to do that. I mean, you've yeah. done Street Fighter and Marvel on occasion. You've even dabbled in other games at the same time. I yeah, saw you but, win the first Killer Instinct tournament and the first Mortal Kombat tournament here and there. And Yeah, see, but then the numbers are so much smaller in those games. Like, I love those games as well, but, like, when you think about the numbers and the amount of top players versus, like, the amount of players' entrance, it's a, such a big difference, right? So... You know, Smash has so many good top players, and there's and they have so much history when it comes to Smash Four, or Melee, or Brawl. And then you're playing Street Fighter Five, which is also another game that's like considered as a world game where you have so many different top players. And the way the game is, it's not easy to be consistent unless you're Tokido. So, I would say when it comes to stuff like that, like well, look at Kazunoko, right? He kind of just stopped playing Street Fighter Five to focus only on Dragon Ball and like yeah. other games. Right, same thing with Goichi. Like Goichi was godlike in Street Fighter Five, and then eventually he's like, you know what? I'm I don't want to play Street Fighter Five anymore because I want to focus on Dragon Ball. And then the last time he entered Street Fighter Five is he played Marn and he lost to Marn. Like let's be serious. <laughs> right? So I think it's one of those things where you can't really main all those games anymore because of the amount of money and the amount of entrance. Because when it comes down to it, a specialist will be favored to win that tournament. Speaking of specialists and top players, how do you feel about the way they treat HBox? Man, you know, that makes me sad. Uh, you know, I, I personally think that a lot of people in the FTC, like from our side, really appreciate Hungrybox. We love play. HBox. Yeah. yeah, we're like, every nope. Ice Climbers and Puff player, we're like, that's so sick. <laughs> yeah, but then when it comes to the Smash community, like, they don't like that lame shit. And I think <laughs> one of those things where I understand why because Mango is the god of all gods in the Smash community, and he is just a super rushdown player. So it makes everyone look exciting. Like, you could tell from, like, people's gameplay that they don't want to play lame. Like, the fact that um, just one of the matches, uh, Hungrybox versus uh, Plup. Plup literally was, had, had the game won. He, he, he had the game won, but he was like, you know what? I got bored. I'm going to go in and go for a, a random up smash. And that's where Hungrybox blocked it, mm -hmm. punished him for it, and killed him for it. He literally killed him after that one sequence. And he could have just sat back, do hop jump lasers all day, and forced him to come at him. And then one, just one, one forward air, one up air, one nair, one up smash from a reaction anti air would have won the game for him. But he just got bored. And I think Hungrybox is content with just playing that style because he knows that he can outpatience those like those players because they don't want to play the way he plays. Justin, it sucks that we're almost out of time, but I have two more things that I want to talk to you about. One is, give me your thoughts on Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11. I mean, 
I love playing Mortal Kombat X. Um, playing on my stream like back in the day with like you know shooting rockets and trolling. That's <laughs> You're kind of what, yeah, that's that's what made the game really fun to me. And so I went to the reveal party and I was just playing the game. And man, I I played for like three hours straight and it was really really fun to me. Like just playing Raiden, trying out his new moves and the other characters. I found it like it's just a fresh of breath air. And I like the fact that um, they changed a lot of things about the game in terms of mechanics where. The meter is different. Like it's a it's a timer based meter. Um, all the ex moves are done by x amount of commands. Like they made everything so different and not the same compared to other fighting games that does like a come kind of kind of a copy paste type of situation. And I know a lot of people are not weren't really big fans of MK11 because of you know they played MKX right. So I mean that's the same thing. Street Fighter Four players hate Street Fighter Five. Third Strike players hate Street Fighter Four. So. You're always going to have situations like that, but if you're a multi-fighting game player, you're going to appreciate Mortal Kombat 11 for what it is because, you know, overall, we played war- way worse games than, you know, the current modern games. Speaking of current modern games, uh, this is a question from Ebiet. I think I'm pronouncing that right, from our um, chat. Who's top tier in Power Rangers? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I could say, actually, but... Is it a character that hasn't been revealed yet? You know, I, I, I feel like I don't think I could say, but, you know, it's a 3v3. You know, anything could happen, I would say. <laughs> All right, man. Who do uh, you play in Smash? Who do I play in Smash? Inkling. Oh, okay. You know, I got to play it's Inkling. It's going to be a good but, you know, rematch. But, yeah, but ever since I watched uh, MK Leo's Ike, man, I feel like I could just play Ike just because he's so easy that's your so kind of easy. character so, man yeah i know i'm just 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 jump jump smat jump forward air all day that's it well i'll play you next tournament for sure I'll be fun. dude i'll be at texas showdown man I'll, I'll, all I'll right that's a ranking event we'll look forward to it justin yeah. congratulations again on not only the recent success uh post what some people thought was maybe the end of a uh you know leaving echo fox was kind of the end of an era but it looks like you're doing perfectly fine but more importantly congratulations on the new addition harper joy and to you and your family and thank you for coming on the show, man. We appreciate oh, it. Thanks so much. And I will see you guys only at NA events. And yeah, I mean, just a couple weeks. Just keep out on the lookout on the tweets. There will be some announcements and more to come. Awesome, man. Can't wait. Right. Thank you so much. Best to the family. We'll see you guys. Peace. That brings us to the end of the show. Shout out to Justin. Uh, you can take him with your peach or what? I, I think so, man. I mean, I'm one and zero versus him so far <laughs> in Smash and in zero other games. He's kicked my ass in every other game I've ever played. So, oh well. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody who watched the show. Thank you to Justin and thank you, thank you to Sajan for the host. Um, thank you to Stephen John. That's been the, the, show. the last thing I'd like to say about Justin, just to to gas up our, our guest, is that he really does love video games. Yeah. Like every time you've ever seen a sponsor tweet from him and been like nah he's 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 been sucked up by the machine he's it's not true no like he loves video games he loves playing he loves talking trash he loves fighting games and it's good that we have someone like that at the top of our seat absolutely and we're grateful for him to be on the show final shout outs to Elon for switching thanks bud nah yep that's a good note to leave on we'll see you guys next week <laughs>